Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew, guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have him back. Lieutenant Bob Crow from Minneapolis, formerly with the Minneapolis uh, Police Department, and also worked for the uh, the Federation. So uh, that's right. So thanks for being on the show, Bob. Appreciate it. Also, Corporal David D. Gresta, affectionately nicknamed by his fan club here at Leo Roundtable as the De-Escalator. So thanks for being back on the show. Uh, David retired from a PD and from an SO, so he's got experience from both agencies, which is uh, which comes in handy on our stories. A shout out to our sponsors. We have Arrow Precision. They're our newest sponsor. Galls, AFire.com, Gunlearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for hearing our content, Brian and Ray Dietrich with RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now, in addition to all the radio stations we're nationally syndicated on. And three of the streams belong to Red Voice Media. Those three Facebook pages alone have about a million followers. Wow. So thanks to Red Voice Media and Ray, Ray Dietrich for helping make that happen. Guys, we have a great lineup. Look, um, today's going to be a great show. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the newly released, and I mean brand new release video from the uh, Joel uh, uh Joel Osteen's church shooting that happened out there in Texas. I think it's what Lakewood or Lakeview uh, Church. And uh, we're going to be discussing that tomorrow. And it is just, wow, there's some major issues with that video and a, uh, and a coward cop. So uh, wait till we talk about that. Um, now today, assuming time permitting, you know, we're going to go through as much of this as possible. Today we're talking about Chicago Top Cop is blasting the Civilian Accountability Board because it's recommending that they fire 28 Chicago cops. Yeah, and Bob, I, I can't wait to hear you talk about that since you were the Federation in Minneapolis. And then also uh, we got LAPD releasing a video of, of a suspected car thief being shot by L.A. police following a high-speed chase. We've also got an exclusive dramatic uh, body cam video showing Doral officer open fire on a suspect in a fatal 2021 shootout. We've also got a federal oversight judge saying that New Orleans PD is back on track to reach consent decree compliance. But the question that we all know is that are they really going to let them get out of the consent decree where everybody's just, you know, milking the money, the money train on that? We've got a canine. His name is Bronco. He tracks down a burglary suspect hiding in the mud to evade capture. And, yes, there is some screaming and yelling going on. We have an ex-Oakland PD uh, police chief suing the city and the mayor to get his job back. So that's just that's just for starters, guys. So let's let's start off in Chicago. We're on PoliceOne.com for the story. Chicago Top Cop Blast Civilian Accountability Board after it recommends that Chicago Police Department fire 28 officers. Wow. If, any, if anyone has any questions about civilian uh, police accountability boards made up by civilians, you know, this might add some more. Despite a freeze on police discipline cases, because they're currently frozen right now, the superintendent of the Chicago Police Department late on Thursday issued a lengthy, stern critique of the city agency that probes police misconduct and he accused investigators of, of leaning on, quote, personal opinions and speculation, unquote. He said that it leads to unfairness. And this is Superintendent Larry Snelling. Now, he goes on to say that when we speculate, when we add our personal opinions, then those penalties become punitive and unfair and unfair to the officers. He goes on to say that what we're seeing are egregious penalties for extremely minor infractions. And now, oftentimes, when I go through these reports, I agree that the infraction should have been sustained. But a 30 or a 90 day suspension is egregious. So goes and then he adds to that in the last eight weeks, the civilian office of police accountability has recommended the Chicago Police Department fire, not suspend, but fire 28 officers in an unprecedented number. And uh, this is what the uh, 
of course, the Chicago Police Board's doing so. But the avalanche of new disciplinary cases, it's now sitting with the superintendent Snelling, and he says it's a byproduct of the city council's decision to approve most of the new uh, union contract last year unanimously without a single question being posed by city negotiators. So there's all kinds of a, of a mess going on in Chicago. I tell you, that's, the, that's not the place I'm going to be moving to anytime soon. Bob Kroll, shed some light on this for us. Well, I'll try not to take the whole show on my feelings on civilian review authorities, but um, this this is a, a problem. First and foremost, kudos to this superintendent for standing up for what's right versus what wrong, what is wrong, because there's not many people like him of that character left in leadership positions in law enforcement agencies, unfortunately. But this is a problem in Minneapolis. We got it 30 years ago. And what the problem is, is you're getting activists that are that have an agenda, an anti-police agenda. They get appointed to these boards and they let their personal feelings and their emotions, like these progressive activists are motivated by, is their feelings. They don't look at policy procedure, right versus wrong. It's agenda driven and it's let's bring the next guilty cop in here so we can discipline him. Um, that's what these things have become. They've become a kangaroo court some places for many years. Um, if, if you're a labor negotiator out there on the, on the, the, the cop side, the biggest thing you can have is, and, and I took a close read, they have it here, and we had it in Minneapolis, is the chief is the final authority for discipline. Um, they can do the investigation, but any working productive civilian review, and I'm, and I'm not opposed to civilian review, but any working productive one, needs to have oversight by those that were trained in use of force, most importantly, uh, have gone through the education that our officers go through and have the ability to overturn or not discipline based on bogus decisions. Because too often these folks sitting on these boards are not trained in, in um, use of force to any, to any level of degree, and they don't understand use of force, and they go in there with this agenda. So if you're negotiating these contracts, make sure that your chief of police has the final authority on imposing or not imposing discipline and that it gets some layer of review by those that are trained to do our job because our job is one of the only ones out there where everybody knows how to do it better than those. And, and when you think about the training that goes into this, many places, two years degree, many, many now four year degree, but the level of training that you get in use of force and law application and things like that is unparalleled in a lot of other professions. And you have people off the street that get on these things, uh, you know, based on filling filling vacancies of the, the the group of people that look right for the position with zero qualification. So I'll hand it to David because I know he's going to have a lot to say. No, that I mean that Bob with with the experience that that he has, you know, in working in the with the collective bargaining side of the house um you know he, he sums that up you know quite succinctly the, the only thing that i would add is that in my opinion civilian re, civilian review boards can be a uh, a good thing in a, a jurisdiction as long as they are basically in my opinion given no authority no power no disciplinary um uh, input whatsoever but just to be used as a as a, a group of people, citizens from the community that can look at things and say, hey, from our perspective as citizens of this community, this is what we're seeing here. You know, yep. this is our perspective for, as being citizens of the community, not police of the community. And perhaps being able to, to uh, have a, a, a liaison with 
um, the chief or uh, internal affairs or use of force experts within the department or with, uh, with within whoever is investigating officers uh, in that jurisdiction just to ask questions from the civilian perspective. That's what it should be. Um, because it is, it, it could, can be sometimes easy for police officers to look at a scenario and go, okay, that's that's not a problem, it's fine. And the civilian or the, the, the citizen to look at that and go, I don't understand why that's fine. And having that ability to to explain it, uh, uh, give examples, show videos, you know, talk people through things so that they get it and go, oh, I see. Okay, that's fine. That's what those boards should be. Nothing more. Nothing more. None of them should have any disciplinary powers whatsoever because this is what's going to happen every single time for all the reasons that Bob described. Agreed. And I, and I think they do add that level of uh, transparency and confidence in the community if, if utilized properly, like David just articulated. If, if you use them in, in the proper method, it does have a, a positive effect. Um, too often, uh, one thing I'll add I've, I've seen on these boards is once that activist gets on there and they realize, oh, this is this is how use of force works. This is the continuum. And they're not getting to fire all those cops and they're realizing that, hey, what they did here was authorized and here's why, because they have a sworn officer explaining it to them. Once they kind of get it, then they tend to disappear. They, they, they go in with an agenda and they're like, oh, I guess this is this is authorized. And then they get a few years of it and they're gone and, and they get on for the wrong reasons and they leave for the wrong reasons. Once they're educated in it, they should stay, but they, they don't achieve their outcome when that is disciplined yeah. cops. I get it. I think you're right. Well, guys, uh, moving along, and uh, we've got a commercial break coming up in less than a minute, so I'll get through as much of this as I can. You know, we're going to talk about a story with a video component and and look for our audio listeners. Uh, we'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything, and please stay loyal to your podcast or radio station that's bringing you this good quality content. Uh, but what I will tell you is, is that we take the same live show that we play Monday through Friday, 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and we inject the videos that we talk about and we put pictures of the good guys, the bad guys, and we air it on our Rumble channel called Leo Roundtable Tuesday through Saturday at 9 o'clock in the morning. So at 9 o'clock the next morning, you can watch these videos. But the title of this, LAPD releases videos of a suspected car thief being shot by L.A. police following a high-speed chase. It looks like a male Hispanic, black hat, black sweatshirt, and uh, running inside a building.
Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys. It's time to talk about the new goals at goals.com slash Leo. And hopefully Corporal David can help me out with this one. You know, goals is the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett always says, they, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't checked out the new Gauls lately, please go to Gauls.com slash Leo and check it out. Uh, David, I know you're a big fan of Gauls. What is going on at Gauls this week? 20% off plus free shipping on any order over 75 bucks. Along with some 5.11 stuff, Brett talked about it the other day, a free cap and some other um, products from 5.11. But yeah, that, that's the big thing, 20% off and free shipping over 75 bucks. Yeah, guys, Gauls has got everything. And look, uh, for our host dragger buddies as well, you know, uh, firefighters and military, they've got stuff for everybody. So Gauls.com slash Leo, please check them out. You'd be glad that you did. Now it's time to introduce Aero Defense by Aero Precision at AeroPrecisionUSA.com, a beacon of durability, dependability, and all-American craftsmanship in the realm of duty rifles. So, born from an aerospace engineering company, Aero Defense by Aero Precision demands perfection because selling for anything less is not an option when your life is on the line. Visit AeroPrecisionUSA.com for a lineup that matches every discipline. Since 1994, they've quietly led the AR Builder parts domain, but now they're making waves in the complete rifle arena with Solus Bolt Actions. Now, stay tuned because the M4E1 Pro and the Mod 4 handguards are hitting AeroPrecisionUSA.com later this year. And look, they are the embodiments of duty rifle excellence, and they're now being tailored for the civilian customer, which you guys should hugely be interested in. In addition to their M5 AR308 platform, that is nothing short of spectacular as well. So don't settle for less. When you can have the best, go to AeroPrecisionUSA.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we've got LAPD releasing this video of a suspected car thief being shot by LAPD, but it happens after a high-speed chase. So this uh, bad guy's name is Mario Alvarenga. He's only 30 years old, and he ended up being hospitalized after leading LAPD police officers on a high-speed chase that ended with gunfire, and it happened on Friday. So the pursuit began at 12.15 p.m. in the Pico Union neighborhood, and officers reported seeing a stolen pickup truck. So during this chase, the pickup truck driver, he's weaving between cars and making contact with some of them. And uh, during the chase, uh, he, uh, I, I guess about 20 minutes later, the suspect crashes into a park van in downtown LA's garment district. He jumps out of the truck then, and he flees on foot with officers in, in cl close behind, right? So witness Eric Agarola, he tells KTLA's Rachel uh, Mentoff that the suspect was carrying a large gun as he's running into an alley. And then dozens of officers end up converging on the scene. And then minutes later, paramedics uh, wheel the suspect out of a warehouse in a in a uh, in a gurney. And, uh, you know, the video is a it's a pretty good quality video. It shows him pulling a gun on the cops after he goes into this warehouse. And uh, I mean, he just pulls this thing out, playing his day on the cops. And then they 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 light him up. And he was transported to a hospital in unknown condition um, at the bottom of the article. But it was just a uh, one heck of a video, and just a little reminder that you really never know, you know, what you're, um, you know, what you're dealing with when you're dealing with these suspects or what they're carrying. And they actually did a freeze frame and a zoom in on this, so it was really a, a pretty, uh, a pretty good screen capture on exactly what they had. Because if you just watch the video, you're kind of wondering, you know, what did the guy do to to, um, to generate the gunfire? And that left no uh, no question. So commentary on the video, guys, David. Yeah, Bob's sitting there with his hands folded. <laughs> um, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of LAPD. Haven't been for a number of years now. Uh, but in this video, you see the pursuit. You see the bad guy bailing out. He's running down into a what looks like some sort of a um, commercial district, warehouses and things of that nature down an alleyway, and then into a warehouse where he gets trapped. Uh, there's uh, workers inside this warehouse. You see them scurrying for cover as he's running through. They see the cops coming in, you know, yelling commands. He gets cornered, turns around, pulls the pistol, and they, as you said, they light him up. Um, so all of that, you know, happened really quick. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of cover in the warehouse, boxes of what looked like T-shirts and things like that in there. Um, so they, they for the most part, held their ground. One guy got happy feet and started backing up as he was shooting. But, you know, the, the, again, we're talking about training issues where agencies need to drill, drill, drill on shooting um, procedures or, or, or shooting technique and practice so that when you get into a shooting, it's second nature to plant your feet, get a good grip on the firearm and, and put put uh, rounds on target. Uh, so beyond that, they did a pretty good job, you know, but then in the end, of course, they, they it turns into a big dog and pony show with the shield and the arrest team and this guy and that guy and everybody's yelling, you know, holster arrest this. And it's like, you know, Jesus, guys, just shut your mouth. Uh, move forward and take the guy into custody, but it, it with them it always turns into a big a, a big show with shields and less than lethal and all this other type of crap that they've got to bring to the to the uh, to the show. So it beyond that it was it the guys that did the shooting did did a pretty good job. How, how do you top that? You, you can't. <laughs> um, I, I agree on everything David said. Yeah, I just I try to put my. Uh, mind inside the bad guys. What are you thinking? This is one you're not going to win. You've been chased forever. You got a helicopter over you, uh, airing the airing where you're going into this building. No, not that one. You got all kinds of squads. You run into a warehouse. It's going to be a dead end out. Or if you come out the other side, they're they're there. And then after all this, you're severely outnumbered, and you turn and pull a gun in this situation. I'm going that he's very lucky to be alive. Bad guy is very lucky to be alive on this one. That's about. It for me well good commentary and thanks to uh this is butter at rumble.com for uh for getting this video up uh for us to appreciate that um well look let's not stop there let's move well you know let me address one thing i know that they, we've got uh marie i believe that's uh watching the show and sending us videos uh look uh we cover today's news and issues from a law enforcement perspective you're not going to hear us talking about a story or a topic that's generally not in the national news so the only way we'll cover a local topic um, and, and I'm in Tampa, Bob's in Minneapolis, David's in the uh, Tampa Bay area. But the only way we'll cover a, a local topic, like we cover Minneapolis stuff all the time, but it's because it's in the national news, right? So uh, we're, we're not, you know, our purpose for the show is not to review videos or if you get arrested and, and, the, and hook you up with attorneys. So um, if you want to send me something that's newsworthy for the show that made it national, um, you can through my email. But uh Odds are you're not going to send me anything that's not on the uh, on the news sources that I go through, and I only use reputable news sources. If I cannot vet the video or make sure that it's legit, it's not going to go on the show, and we're not going to talk about it. Uh, we've got caught with our pants down more than once, and I should shouldn't say we, me, I have, yeah, not you, David. I used to use a source, and uh, and uh, better call Saul. Yeah, better call Saul. Yeah, but hey, we have used sources before, and you know, not all sources are the same. I got to be honest with you guys. You know, there are some people that embellish and on articles and stuff, and and I've said things before that ended up not being accurate, and I've had to drop news sources before. So anyhow, very picky about what we cover because we want you guys to believe 
to believe everything that comes out of our mouths. And so I think we've, we've, we've gotten to where we do a pretty good job of that. So moving on to our, our next topic, and let's see what we've got. It's got a, uh, another story with a video component. So we're still at rumble.com and on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, who's actually on the stream conversing with us right now. A dramatic body cam video shows a Doral officer opening fire on a suspect in a fatal 2021 shootout. So dramatic new body worn camera footage. It shows the moment the door police officer traded gunfire with a suspect who ended up dead during a daytime shootout over two years ago. So, and yeah, there is video. And again, same thing. We'll put this up at nine o'clock tomorrow morning and we'll bet it into a, 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 a version of this live show. So the footage shows uh, the footage from October the 22nd, 2021. And it left a 25 year old suspect named uh, Jordani Rodriguez Perez dead and two officers ended up being hospitalized. So this starts with a dispute between Rodriguez Perez, our bad guy, and another man that led to Rodriguez Perez chasing and shooting at the other guy. Uh, what a way to start it off, right? When officers get there, Rodriguez Perez had lost control of his car and he had crashed into a tree. So as two officers are approaching his car with their guns drawn, Rodriguez Perez ends up opening fire on the approaching police officers. Wow. Guys, it's it's only going to go downhill from here, but it's an exciting story. Stick with us. It's our uh, second commercial break. We will be right back. All right, guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or if you're worried about the liability of getting it wrong, say hello to bluetogold.com. They translate search and seizure documents in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to bluetogold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, this week, on Wednesday, it's actually planes, trains, and automobiles. So sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. Bluethegold.com. So, hey, now AU Fire, it stands for Accuracy Under Fire, to so aufire.com. And now agencies can prepare their Leos for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty, forcing them to adapt, problem solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. 
Now, AEFire.com has the only option to safely prepare Leos for the instant, intense, random, and distracting immobilization of a body part associated with a debilitating wound. Go to AEFire.com right now. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Studios in Plant City, Florida. We left off talking about Dora Police, you know, chasing a bad guy, and uh, there's going to be a shootout coming up. So we've got this Doral police officer trading gunfire with a suspect who ended up being dead during a daytime shootout that happened over two years ago. And of course, our bad guy's name is Rodriguez Perez. So the um, when the officers respond, Rodriguez Perez, he, at this point, he's lost control of his car. He crashed into a tree. The two officers approach with their guns drawn and our bad guy inside the car, he fires on the cops. Now, the body-worn camera footage released um, shows a third officer, Daniel Vilcheo, he arrives in his marked Doral police car. So he starts to get out and he's immediately met with gunfire from Rodriguez Perez. So he returns fire. And now the video shows um, Officer Vilcheo firing through his windshield. We're seeing more of that lately. And he's unloading his pistol from inside the car as rounds are seen entering the vehicle from the outside. So at one point, the officer's hit and he starts to bleed. He drops, uh, you can see drops of blood. Um, you know, in the in the video. So the officer manages to reload the weapon. He gets out of the car. Once again, he empties his handgun at the suspect. Now his hands are covered in blood. He uses his radio, and then he reloads his weapon again. Rodriguez Perez, our bad guy, runs to the parking lot of a nearby business. He's still armed, and the officer and another officer continue to shoot at him until he was finally struck and he falls to the ground. Rodriguez Perez ended up dying from his injuries. Now, the officer who was shot and bleeding all over his hands, Volcheo, he suffered an injury to his face. He had to undergo surgery. But he actually, they say, made a full recovery. Officer Johnny Veltalis was shot in the arm while a bystander who was in a delivery truck was hit in the leg by a bullet. So Officer Valcheo and Officer uh, Butelis and the third officer involved, Officer Rafaela Carrero, they were named Officers of the Year by the South Florida Police Benevolent Association. And then in a memo released November of 2023, the state attorney's office concluded that the officer's actions in the shooting were justified. Wow. So that's what we have. Guys, uh, Let's break down this shooting. Bob Kroll. Bob Kroll is going to go before David DeGresta. Wow. Okay. The, the standard <laughs> is, is there. It won't be in-depth, as in-depth, fair warning. Uh, you know, we, we've got the luxury of, of watching these from the comfort of our office on, on a screen and, and hitting slow-mo and rewind and watch it again and things like that. So that, that said, all we can do is take away some training moments here and go forward and, and pass it on to others if we can. Um, uh, first, I'm just not a big fan of shooting through your windshield. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you're not going to have the accuracy. That, that windshield is going to screw up the trajectory of that bullet. And same thing coming in. Uh, nothing good. I, as far as I'm concerned, they're wasted rounds. Nothing wrong with using your vehicle. Use that engine block. If they're shooting through the windshield or at you in your vehicle, stay in. Get that door open and get outside. Like, like they teach you know, in most training academies is, is use your engine block. But get that gun out around the around the windshield and shoot and make more calculated shots if able to. Uh, the, this guy in particular, and, and both of them, show the ability that, hey, if you're hit, even in the face, 
it's not over. You, and he does a great job of staying in the fight, putting, putting a lot of lead down range, reloading and staying in after he's hit that survival mentality uh, in its finest, which is, which is great. Um, the only other takeaway, I guess, is use a better, use cover to your advantage better and uh, take more calculated shots than just dumping a lot of lead. But, you know, we're not in the heat of the battle. Um, I, I think all in all, they did a, they did a great job. Bad guy's dead and, and they're going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, yes. Um, you know, we didn't get to see video from the first two officers that approached the car, the first two officers that were on scene that I think one of them got shot as well. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if they didn't have uh, body cam or if they, they didn't release that video yet, or I'm not sure what. Maybe this is Butter can let us know. Either way, um, research and tactics tell us that there is no way, there is no prescribed way to approach a vehicle in a traffic stop type scenario. And in this case, the guy crashed into a tree, but the two officers approaching that vehicle, I'm certain, had come up behind it in a traffic stop type uh, scenario. There is no way for officers to approach a vehicle in that scenario 100% safely. There's some ways that are a little bit better, some ways that are a little bit worse. There's, there's you know, little mitigating factors you can get into, but there's no way that if that guy wants to get a shot off at you as you're approaching that vehicle, that he's not, that you're going to do something that's going to stop him from doing it, shy of just shooting him before you approach the vehicle. That's it. Now, they knew he had a gun in the car. That's what they were chasing him for. Uh, but there's no way to do that, and and that played out. They get shot at. One guy gets hit. You don't know what's happening in front of the of the third officer as he pulls up. But obviously, there's bullets flying. We don't know whether he got hit by a bullet coming through the through the glass. Whether he got got hit by shattering glass hitting him in the face. We're not sure. But he's bleeding. It's obvious. It's dripping down in front of his camera. You can see it splashing. Uh, but as Bob said, he he did stay in it. He stayed relatively close to the car. You could see the youth, the young officer, as he was trying to process what was happening in front of him and how to respond. And do I get on the radio? Do I shoot at this guy? How do I move? Where do I hide? Where's my cover? You could see all those things happening to him. And he was struggling with it, but he was staying in it. He continued to fire. He reevaluated. He reloaded one time in the car under fire, which if you're doing that, that's good. And then I think he was intending to do a tactical reload outside the car after he had fired about 10 rounds out of, out of one of the magazines. I think he meant that to be a tactical reload and retain that magazine, just put a fresh one in during a lull in the shooting. The magazine fell. He still reloaded. Uh, okay, we're not, we're not checking that. We're not giving him any... Uh, points off on that one considering the scenario but as bob said these are enormous training opportunities and i hope doral is how you pronounce that chip police department uses it to do such um takes these young officers gives them the training that they need to respond as well as they can in these high stress scenarios that we see like this uh, and this guy this this youngster young man did pretty 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 well for all things considered and as Bob said, the outcome in the end was uh, was a positive. Uh, all the cops were okay. The bad guy ended up where he needed to be, and that's yeah. it. But uh, yeah, I mean, hairy hairy situation that thank thankfully they all came out of, or the, the cops all uh, survived. 
Yeah, Fan- fantastic. Great, great breakdown, guys. Thanks. Um, you know, moving along, we've got plenty more to cover here. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, our next one, uh, we've got <laughs> talking about consent decrees on police one. Federal oversight judge says that the Orleans Police Department back on track to reach consent decree compliance. So, yeah, they always on paper. They say there's things, hoops you got to jump through in order to get out of this consent decree to where you're paying just, when I'm saying boatloads of money, I'm talking about you're paying millions and millions of dollars at taxpayer expense to a monitor and other people involved that are critiquing your progression and making and jumping, you know, these hurdles. And it almost frequently, it never happens or if it does, it just takes, it, can, it usually takes decades, right? So in New Orleans, after a period of backsliding that culminated in a bungled probe of mayoral bodyguards, timesheet violations in the New Orleans PD, they're back on track to achieve compliance with its decade-old reform agreement, or a.k.a. consent decree, according to a federal judge, court-appointed monitors, and U.S. Justice Department attorney. So it's already, in my opinion, it's like they're just dangling the carrot, right? They're telling them that, hey, you're almost there. Just keep going. So fulfillment of the plan's 95 actions. So there's 95 things that they got hit with that they've got to do now in order to make it through the the consent decree, right? But if they screw up on anything or anything bad happens during that time frame, they're screwed, right? So fulfillment of the plan's 95 actions is among the steps necessary for the department to reach compliance with the consent decree and enter a period of step-down monitoring. So they're still being monitored, it's just step-down version, David. And of those 95 items, a little under half are done. A little under half. And But their estimated time of completion is June of 2024. How they're gonna get, they're gonna get over, over half done in, in that amount of time? Yeah, and this is according to Deputy Chief Nicholas uh, Gernon, uh, and that's just a pipe dream, who along with Kirkpatrick crafted the plan Anyhow, that's all I'm going to get into on this particular one. Yes, we're still talking about consent decrees. It got one of our colleagues in a hot mess recently during a conference, and we'll be talking about that tomorrow as well. Any uh, any commentary? Bob, you probably have the most experience out of anybody with these uh, agencies or the heads that have to deal with these these consent decrees. Well, coincidentally, even in the story, Minneapolis starts there soon, so I'm thankful to be happily retired. But uh, um, it you got to love the feds coming in, you know, the, their team of the, these attorneys with their law degrees to come in and tell you, you know, how you're running a police department, whether it's right or wrong. And these are the hurdles you need to jump through based upon community input and their analysis. They're garbage. Uh, granted, uh, New Orleans PD has been a troubled PD for, for many times, for many, many, many years. Um, there was corruption problems in the past and things like that. Uh, but you get what you pay for, and I know we're going to break, so I'll, I'll come back to it. You get what you pay for, apparently so. So, wow. Hey, guys, it's time for our last commercial break, but stick with us. We will be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, though, they've taken the confusion out of learning, and they've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, 
need to know about firearms and ammunition to all batches of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can sign up to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Talk Studios in Plant City, Florida, you know, talking about consent decrees. Um, you know, Bob, I know that you were going to go in, but I, I just wanted to say that this is Butter just posted that I got three exclusive videos coming out either today or tomorrow. So watch for those to be coming out at rumble.com. The name of the channel is called This is Butter. And we will, of course, probably be covering uh, most or if not all of those videos that he's got coming out. But uh, sorry, Lieutenant Bob Kroll, the floor is still yours. Yeah, as I was saying, I'm, I'm not a fan of the feds in any way, shape or form coming in to <laughs> fix your agency. Uh, and the other thing that it makes it ripe for is these carpetbagging chiefs that I'm not a fan of either. Um, the, the traveling chief fun show has done nothing good for the betterment of an agency as a whole ever in my knowledge. Um, they come in and this, I, I did some research on this chief down there now, and it appears that she spent the majority of her career jumping from place to place to fix these problems, you know, and that's, she's been all over and it's like, at what point do you just excel in, with an agency and make them better? And it seems that, uh, these consent decrees ripened the process for the chiefs that jump around that come in as the fixer leave everything in ruins and jump off to their next place and they leave the police department in shambles. And that, that's just my, my personal opinion on, on what occurs when they happen. You know, you know, that, you know, David, on the surface, when you hear about a consent decree, you, you know, I can see why people think it makes sense. It sounds good. You know, the federal government's coming in to oh. kind of clean up the act, right? Oh yeah. They, they sell it. They sell it hard. Um, it's interesting. Now uh, the city of Phoenix is going through a fight with the feds, the DOJ, and basically, from what I understand, um, and I'm not a consent decree expert or anything like that, so uh, you know, disclaimer on that number, but I've read a couple articles about it out there, and Phoenix is basically telling DOJ, put up or shut up. Put up your evidence that we need a, a cons this consent decree or, or shut up and get out. Because the DOJ like gets to play their game. They get to do their investigation and come up with all this evidence but they don't have to disclose the evidence to you. How interesting. Unless you fight them, take them to trial, make them take it to trial, and then they have to disclose their evidence and show a judge, this is why we think this needs to go on. So Phoenix is like, yeah, yeah, we're not playing that game. A lot of legislatures in, in, in Arizona, a lot of groups in Arizona, not to mention FOPs and, 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 and things like that are saying, no, fight them. Now the feds, have the money. That's that's the end game. They they try to basically uh, bankrupt you into compliance or in, into submission. So they're they're going to sue, or we're going to take you to trial, or all this kind of stuff, and and drag it out using taxpayer money to force uh, through monetary means, grants, you name it, taking taking money away and, and whatnot from these agencies unless you comply. So it's 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 a it's a shakedown at at at, at best from DOJ, the, the way that they run these things. And, um, and that's what it comes down to a lot of times is money. Uh, Phoenix, I think is, is, is looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, how much is it going to cost us to pay all these chiefs and, and attorneys that are going to oversee us for the next 15 years versus how much is it going to cost us to fight them and go, no, we're not doing it. 
And that's what it's coming down to, I think, is there there's, is there really adding up those numbers and adding up the cost beyond just the money uh, to their agency, to their community, to everything else. It's now going to be turned over to some, as Bob called them, carpetbaggers, uh, <laughs> you know, coming in to, 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 to basically ruin their their city, ruin their agency and the like. Um, there may be a place. There may be a place for consent decrees. New Orleans, maybe, but I, I, I'm not a fan of them at all. As as Bob, like Bob. Well, and, and I applaud uh, Phoenix leadership for standing up to them. It's strong leaders to stand up and do that things and preserve their agency when you've got a good police agency, which, in my opinion, they do. Uh, to, and you can name the liberal cities that just roll over. Minneapolis included is happening right now. It's like, oh, geez, the, the feds know better than us. Uh, here we go. We're going to usher in this new chief from out of town and this will be a reformer. And uh, you tell us what needs to be done. And it's you name, name the li large liberal city cesspool that it occurs in. It, that's that's what happens. So, well, Bob, again, I least, applaud Phoenix. At least the monitors, the federal monitors, they have to live in the jurisdiction so they know what's going on at the agency, right? Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, and walk around unarmed while they're there. Yeah, it's just, it's just like they live on the other side of the country and they're monitoring an agency that's, you know, that's yeah. even by by airtime, it's just hours and hours away. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, yeah, million, and it costs them millions and millions, millions and millions of dollars over the years that they're under the federal thumb, uh, the, the federal DOJ thumb. That that was the biggest mistake when they passed or one of the biggest mistakes when they passed that um, omnibus uh, you know, reform uh, bill years ago, uh, law enforcement reform bill, it, that, that was in it. And it was horrific, given the DOJ that kind yeah. of power. Correct. All right, guys, well, look, four minutes. Let's get to this canine video because we haven't, you know, had one in a while and I just haven't heard any screaming going on in a while. So let's let's get a hold of one of these videos. You know, it's it's back at our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter Again. And again, Butter's got some good stuff coming out. So be watching for that. Um, so at rumble.com, the channel's name is This Is Butter. We have Canine Bronco, you gotta love that name, tracks down a burglary suspect that's hiding in the mud to evade capture. Bronco searches into the field, then back to the fence. And at first, it seems like he may be tracking the deputy until... Pass that guy, pass that guy, show me your hands. Show me your hands. Let me see your hands. Got my hands, got both my hands. Get your hands out. Get your hands out. Lay down. You got both on hands. Both of them. Turn over on your stomach. Turn over on your stomach. I don't know how to do that. Turn over on your stomach. Put your hand behind your back, dude. You know, uh, uh, incognito, huh? So the three people have been arrested, thanks in part to a Pierce County Sheriff's Department canine who helped track one of the suspects trying to hide in muddy marshland. So on January 30th, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, deputies responded to the area in uh, in Roy for reports of a home burglary. So the, the homeowner interrupted mid-burglary, right? And so the suspects, they bamboose. They, they haul butt, get out of there. They get into a car and they drive away. Now the car gets stuck in the mud on someone's lawn as they're trying to escape. So there was a woman driving the car, which I know you guys immediately, you know, it, it answers the question, well, why did they, how did the car get stuck in the mud? Well, there was a woman driver, okay? So now now we know. So Bob knows where I'm going with that. Just make sure that Liz does not hear this, this portion of the show, Bob. So anyhow, woman driver, she gets the car stuck in the mud. So her and all her compadres now are, you know, almost ready to go to jail, right? So the woman, um, 
she stays at the scene with the car and the two guys leave her, right? So they leave, they vamoose out of there. Deputies get there quickly. They arrest and detain one of the suspects, uh, but another of the guys gets away. So now they deploy canine Bronco to track the dude down. And remember, it's it's muddy out there, right? So he the, the guy they're looking for is found shortly afterwards in an area. It's got tall grass and mud everywhere. And there's, like I said, there's a video component, and, and I can attest, watch the video. Dude, I you it, this dude is, like, impossible to see. Thank God they had the canine. The deputy state appeared that he tried to hide himself among the brush by covering himself in grass and in mud. And, uh... He was detained and taken into custody. So all three suspects um, ended up, you know, being charged in this. K-9, you know, saved the day uh, and uh, and did his thing. Guys, a commentary on the on K-9 Bronco. Who wants to go first? Yeah. David, you're a dog it, lover. It, it almost looked like a promo video. The, the guy, the announcer was <laughs> was talking about it. And so it, it, it was a little bit, it was a little over the top. I mean, the K-9 guy. The canine did his job, found the guy, didn't really want to bite him because he was all covered with nasty mud. He's like, oh, gross. Grabbed Smart him by canine. the pants, grabbed yeah. him by the pants and, you know, drug him around a little bit. But they they, they did what they, they need to do is, you know, good good job by the canine to track the last suspect down. So good for them. Now, David, the question comes to mind. Would you take this dog bird hunting? Would you? Is this, would this no. dog qualify or maybe not? No? No? no. All right. No, nope, not at all. See, Bob, Bob saw where I was going with that. So, yes. First, Liz hears it all the time on her poor driving. No, no surprise there. Let me tell you. you know, I can imitate her trying to drive my truck sometimes. It's a show in it, of itself. But yeah, the only thing worse than going to jail is going to jail with all full of mud with a, with a fresh dog bite, right? Wow. You may, you may yeah. be on to something. Well, guys, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've exhausted that story. Any, any final thoughts before we get into, um, into Liz calling and, and what Bob's wife is going on? If not, Bob, tell us about the lie exposed at theliexposed.com. I know I think you've got maybe another um, you know, uh, website as well. And then of course the fall of Minneapolis. Tell us about that stuff. You got uh, about 20 seconds well, or so. When my wife is not driving vehicles poorly, she's writing a book. Uh, <laughs> they're lying, the media, the left, and the death of George Floyd. Uh, she did a documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis. And you can just if you follow the fall of Minneapolis, you can get it all right there. But uh, yeah, a lot, it's free on Rumble, so tune in. All right, and guys, I got the Kindle version of the book because I it's on my cell phone. I always have the Kindle app, you know, with me. I'm telling you guys, it, guys, it's a great read. Be prepared to get upset. You're going to get really, really mad when you find out all the evidence and all the stuff that they suppressed in court. You were never, you were never informed of, and I can almost guarantee you that it's going to change your opinion of George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, and how everything went down. People that, that you thought were bad guys are going to turn into good guys. And, and vice versa. It's going to be crazy. So I, I please make informed decisions and have informed uh, opinions on this stuff. It, it is so important. And Liz Collin is doing just God's work out there. So um, and, and people with an open mind that we're clearly on the other side have changed their mind after both watching the documentary and reading the book. I will say nope. that. No doubt. Hey, I also want to mention the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, Lieutenant Randy Sutton's 501c3. Also, a shout out to Aero Precision, Gauls, AU Fire, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live, the Free Press, TampaFP.com, RedVoiceMedia.com. See you guys back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. <laughs>